0: If Christmas is the time for giving, what's the time for receiving? If you have to kiss underneath mistletoe, what plant do you have to f*** under? Jesus Christ. All of these questions you can find the answer to on This This Paranormal Paranormal Life!
1: Life. Good Lord, man.
0: Welcome everyone to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast where myself and Kit Greer Malvenna investigate a brand new paranormal tale, case, claim, or beast and come to a
1: conclusion at the end as to whether or not it truly is paranormal. You know, the list that we uh, do in the beginning, paranormal tale, claim, what do you say? Ghost, beast. Uh, didn't say that. No. Beast didn't used to be on there. If you listen back to the early podcast, beast didn't used to be on there. Really? Until enough beasts kind of came <laughs> along in our paranormal investigations. We were like, we got a f- Rewrite the list. Mate. We had to start talking about them. <laughs> right, we gotta acknowledge this <laughs> at some point. Every week we investigate a new beast, creature, monster, or beast, <laughs> and <laughs> comes down to do a conclusion. Beasts. <laughs> also, the no- world's full of beasts. <laughs> normally, <we> <laughs> normally every week we do one uh, paranormal tale. There's too many beasts. We gotta do a bumper episode, five beasts per episode for three months. We gotta knock out a bunch of beasts, honestly, because
0: <laughs> it's so overwhelming. God. <laughs> Well, let me tell you, Kit, uh, while we are kind of halfway through December, I'd be lying if I said that today's investigation wasn't a form of beast, (gasps) because we're investigating uh, a little Christmas character that is unrepresented, I think, in, in, uh, in Christmas folklore throughout history because that's right i believe when this episode is coming out it is just about halfway through december uh, things are getting festive we are wearing santa hats we've got a christmas tree in the office you wouldn't know it's halfway through december it's
1: boiling in here i am so hot i could die
0: well, we had the heating on
1: is that what you're talking about yeah what's the matter with you normally we're the other way around normally uh, normally i'm shivering in the corner and you're like it's fine that's because listeners
0: of the podcast don't know that as soon as Christmas rolls around, Kit becomes Scrooge Mcfucking duck. <laughs> There' No call for the no, fire.
1: No. Working well, overtime. Yeah. And money doesn't make itself. I'm like, please, sir, can we turn on the
0: heating? I can't feel my fingertips while I type these scripts.
1: And my voice goes real weird. I'm like, no. Yeah, it kind of goes, it's like I get a frog in my throat just once it hits December 1st. I it just, really does. He I'm becomes no a crotchety boy. old man. <laughs> <laughs> I hope my voice goes back to normal. I can't podcast <laughs> like this. Sure. Sure. I might not... I'm I'm not a Grinch, okay? That's a beast that we're going to be investigating next week. Yeah. Does this make sense? Because you're American, um, that you're more of a Christmas guy than me? I love Christmas. I really do. It's one of my uh, favorite
0: times, especially to be in London. And this part of Christmas in particular is my favorite, kind of midway through December. Because... People don't know this, but when you're this close to Christmas, it's too late for Santa to change the list.
1: <laughs> All right, I see where you're going with this. If you catch and my, it's drift. not
0: true. It's not true. It's been written up. He made a list. He checked it twice. The shipping information has been provided. Listen, the toys have been made. Th- and I'm going be, to become a bad boy for the rest of December.
1: Rory's got the Every app open on his phone. All the parcels are registered. The delivery date is confirmed. So he knows he can do whatever he wants. Rory, that is an urban legend in the Santa community. These days, Santa's up to date. He's got a borderline Apple Corporation production line going. He can cancel an order at the drop of a hat. Sorry, so there's still time that he could move me to the naughty list? Yes, I mean, for Christ's sake, man, when we're recording this, there's still quite a bit of December to go. What did you have planned? I pushed a child over in March. Uh, (laughs) Was that that too soon? (laughs) I just wasn't going to tell him about it until next week. (laughs) Yeah, well, I've done a few bad things, sure. Santa is omnipotent, right? Like he, he, you can't hide a crime from him. I'm guessing a he, bit like Jesus. He doesn't see everything though. Because I'm, I'm wondering, does he? Does he need like <laughs> character references? Like, is he phoning also, up your mum and dad? I gotta
0: stop you right there, by the way, because there is at no point in the Bible does it ever say that Jesus
1: sees all crime. Yeah, that's that's not true because Jesus was a man. I think he knows. I'm talking when about sin happens. Yeah. But he
0: can't, he's not like a detective.
1: But I'm saying, does Santa need like character references? Is it like when you apply for a job and you kind of write your letter to Santa and you give your mom and dad's phone number so he can call up? Well, they're a bit biased, actually. Yeah. You'll probably have to ring your school teacher or something. Like, listen, Sandra, Sandra, can I level with you? Rory's asking for a lot of shit this year. Yeah. He's exactly. asking for a lot of shit. We're and he's talking, saying he's been good. We're talking Xbox original, Halo 2, you know this time of year good luck getting your even for Santa good luck getting your hands on a copy of that that's a big ask and Uh, a lot of
0: the really good kids want that stuff so
1: I'm probably going to give it to them so you know so I'm going to need a glowing reference here or is it just he you know when he's packing his sack with Rory's presents is he a bit like f***ing Bran Stark in Game of Thrones his eyes roll back into his head and he can (laughs) see everything Rory's done in a year
0: (laughs) I hope not Go easy on me, Santa. There's still time for me to change. Scrooge changed in one night.
1: (laughs) Rory's panicking right now. He's like, no, you can't see everything, right? I put a a sticker over my webcam. He can't see everything, bro. (laughs) For sure he can't see everything. I wiped my browser history. How's Santa gonna see?
0: You know, Kit, we're joking, but uh, it's true. We are halfway through December. I am feeling festive. I am feeling Christmassy. And I know every year uh, we do a few Christmas-themed episodes. For example, last year... We did an entire episode on the dark side of Christmas. That's right. Where we talked about a few Christmas characters... ...that people may not have heard of before... ...including Krampus... ...who's probably the most popular of them all... ...the Yule Lads... ...Pere Futar... ...also known as Father Whipper. <laughs> <laughs> he was a crowd favorite. But there was one individual that was basically so weird... ...and so f***ed up... ...that I think that even in this episode we said that we have to do a full-length investigation into this guy because his story is so insane.
1: I remember it well, Rory. This was the legend of how Christmas used to be a festival based on drinking reindeer piss. I don't think that was ever true. Uh, that is true. No, that would... Did we not cover this in a previous Christmas special? No. This is the meaning of Christmas. <laughs> that, that
0: definitely. I think the meaning of Christmas is like family or giving. Or well, love? you? Do th- you think it's reindeer piss, drinking it? Drinking it, it specifically. <laughs> uh, right. The piss by itself is useless, pointless. <laughs> yeah. the, the magic really <laughs> sets in when you're on Glass 4.
1: Uh, you know, we don't have a ton of time to get into it because it seems like you actually were planning on talking about something else. But Rory, you see, the, the reason uh, you know we're wearing these lovely red and white hats, Santa Claus is red and white, because uh, that is the... Coloration of the Amanita muscaria mushroom native to Serbia in the frozen kind of wilderness, the reindeers eat them and then uh they piss out all the kind of crazy mushroom juice, which then people would have traditionally drunk at Christmas time and had a crazy trip and uh and that was the meaning of Christmas for a few thousand years so I think the red and the white is
0: because of coca-cola, huh. I think it was originally red and green, and then the Coca-Cola adverts turned it red and white, and that's why it's red and white. That seems
1: like a pretty silly reason Not to because of an ancient
0: it. mushroom eaten by reindeers and pissed out into some sort of psychotic juice.
1: Hey, don't be a Scrooge. Don't be a Grinch, all right? I'm trying to sit over here and celebrate <laughs> the Christmas that I've come to know and love, and that is getting a cool eight-ounce jar <laughs> of reindeer piss on Christmas <laughs> Eve and just blasting off. Don't be a Grinch and drink up. <laughs> No, what we are investigating today
0: is a little individual known as Hans Trap, the Christmas Scarecrow.
1: Ooh, now, uh, we do a lot of podcasts, so as much as I was apparently there for that podcast recording where we discussed Hans Trap, I don't remember that much. So you might, I think I'm on the same page as the listeners, I might need a refresher.
0: I mean, I don't blame you for hearing the words Hans Trap, the Scarecrow Man and not remembering that he has anything to do with Christmas. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's fair. I'm not blaming you for that. He sounds like a f- Batman villain. <laughs> so it's all right that you don't remember he was in our Christmas episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, normally my brain goes to like cookies and milk and kind of an open fire, but sure, the Scarecrow Man, that's cool too.
0: If you're involved in Christmas in any capacity, your name shouldn't have trap in it. Yeah. That's a bad sign. That's like saying, Oh, have you ever heard of the Christmas elf known as Jigsaw? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, he's like the way Satan was a fallen angel. Jigsaw was a fallen elf. <laughs> right. He kind of he kind of got <laughs> sick of making toys.
0: Yeah. When they call Satan a fallen angel, it's like, let's ditch that. I think he's lost the whole angel thing now. Right. Like, it's
1: full-on demon. Like, it's kind of like, you know, if I was a postman for two weeks and then I became a serial killer at large for 35 years yeah. are they going to keep are they going to continue to call me you know the the, the, the murdering postman is like i think at some point your legacy shouldn't include that little footnote
0: yeah it's like getting divorced and calling yourself a fallen husband <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like you're just divorced my guy <laughs> I'm actually a fallen father uh, my kids don't talk to me anymore and uh, <laughs> the wife took him so today we're going to learn all about the legend of hans trap Right after a quick word from today's sponsors. And a reminder, you can get every episode of This Paranormal Life ad-free on patreon.com forward slash Life. Like a lot of these more unusual Christmas characters, if you couldn't tell, Hans Trap has European origins and was a big part of the folklore in the French regions of Alsace and Lorraine. Now, in these places, there's really three main characters that the people talk about. First off... You got the classic Saint Nicholas. He rewards children who have been good during the past year. Then, you got Christkindl. Slightly different than Santa, this is an individual who officiates at Christmas and distributes gifts to children.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay, kind of uh, you know, uh, production assistant. Yeah, doing a bit more Santa. the
0: admin. And then finally, you've got hands trap. Okay. So he's known for a lot of different interesting reasons. Uh but if I had to pick one are in any of them before
1: you was say, are any of them good? Are any of them good? I don't
0: know the guy personally. I'm sure he has a lot of cool hobbies and shit.
1: Maybe he plays guitar. <laughs> well, we're not talking about his hobbies. He's talking about the things he maybe does. Maybe he collects at antique
0: coins. Maybe, right, sure. Likes improv comedy. I'm not
1: sure. We'll assume he's a well-rounded person in his personal life. But what about his job at he, Christmas? So he eats children. Okay. <laughs> he does eat children.
0: <laughs> it's kind of his main thing. So, okay. you know, like Kindle kind of gives gifts. Hans Trap eats the bones of little ones.
1: <laughs> the spectrum of things that can happen to you as a child is so vast. Right, So vast on Christmas Day. Nothing this bad should be able to
0: happen on the simultaneously best day of the year. Yes. When everyone should be partying and like eating food and getting presents. There shouldn't also be a slight chance you might get eaten by a scarecrow. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be... Because that threat just puts like a little downer <laughs> on the whole day. Even if you're pretty sure you're not going to be eaten by the
1: scarecrow man. <laughs> because for the rest of your family, like that's going to be an awkward Christmas dinner. Right. Just like the, all this silence around the dinner table as they tuck into their turkey and stuffing. And they're just like, mm, um, really well cooked this year, father. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, Timmy would have liked it, wouldn't he? <laughs> he would have, he would have. But let's not talk about him. <laughs> yeah. Lest tans come back. Uh, I will say beside his bizarre origin story
0: and diet, the strangest part about him is his link to Christmas. Specifically, the fact that many people don't know this Hans Trapp allegedly worked with Santa to visit children all over the world.
1: Right. There was, this was like a buddy cop movie. They were, you know, they didn't get along, but goddammit, they'd be put on the same patrol <laughs> and they had to share a squad car.
0: Hey, it's the it's the odd couples. It's the unusual partners. Yeah. You know,
1: you've got the guy who brings gifts to children all over the world. You also got the guy that eats kids all over the world. Hey. Everyone's got a, you know, a f- up sibling that they kind of have to put up with. Uh, you know, for me, uh, that's my um, older brother. For Rory, well, he's the f up sibling to his brother Colin. Yeah. So we've all kind of been there, um, but why, uh, really, why were they sharing that, that sled ride all around the world? We're going to find out, Kip. It's all part
0: of this incredible legend. So where does the story begin? Well, the legends say that Hans Trap or hans trot is an alternative name to the knight hans von trotha in local french legend there's a few different versions of how the story goes but essentially hans was well known for being a pretty evil guy (laughs) he was an individual obsessed with wealth and power and would do anything that he could to amass it unfortunately that thirst for power led him down a dangerous path specifically the occult. Mm. That's right. Rumor began to spread that Hans was using dark magic, dealing with demons, and even making arrangements with the devil to gain success and
1: influence. This is a pattern we have seen in the past, isn't it? I'm trying to remember a a sort of recent one. There was a cryptid uh, and it was A farmer who had been dabbling in the dark arts and then he became fused with like a donkey or something. That's right. Yeah, Um, I remember that. I don't quite remember the details of that one, unfortunately, but something we've seen before, which is people, let's face it, making a wrong decision. And we're not talking, you know, picking up smoking again after stopping for a few years. We're talking signing your life away yeah. for, you know, I don't know, a lottery ticket.
0: Because you, you, you don't really dabble in the dark arts. Yeah. You know, according to the guy upstairs, you're either into it or you're not. Yeah. It's kind of like saying you dabble in crack cocaine. Yeah. You're kind of really into it or you've, you don't do it at all.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a switch that gets flicked. Yeah, like I, I, ca- I
0: kind of dabble with murder. It's like, you're a murderer then. Yeah. You don't just... I dabble
1: <laughs> in human trafficking.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're a criminal. If you dabble in crime, you're a criminal. That's This is how it works. And it's the same, what we're seeing here, but with unfortunately, Hans Trap. It's a slippery slope. However, it wasn't long before this occult activity was noticed. And there was one guy in particular that wasn't happy about it the Pope. Before long, Hans was arrested and brought before the Vatican, where they accused him of his crimes.
1: Sir Hans Trapp, you are brought before us today as you have been accused of occult activity, demonology, and dark magic.
0: Ah, in my defense, your honor. Do I call you your honor? I don't know how to... Sir, the Pope. Silence! You do not speak to me at all, you black magician! Whoa! Well look, I I wasn't... In my defense, because I don't have a lawyer here, I didn't realize it was going to be a whole thing. In my defense, I didn't know a lot of this shit was against the rules, you know? I mean, the Bible says... The Bible's got a lot of rules in it, but is there a passage
1: where they say you can't worship the Dark Lord? It's actually a pretty big part of the book, yes. It is, really? Listen, buddy, I know they're long books, but you gotta read them. You gotta read them. I mean, it's too late now. By the way, you don't need a lawyer because this isn't a trial. You're just being executed.
0: I, mean, I what? Oh, that's no good for me, man, because I'll tell you exactly where I'm going. Down. I promised a lot of shit to the guy downstairs. In the end, the pope declared that he was immediately excommunicated from the church.
1: Yeah, like that got lost in translation. He got a little excited there for a second. You are being executed. One of his advisors is in his ear. No, excommunicated. Right, that's what I said. Excommunicated.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like probably around this time in history, both of those were equally punishing. <laughs>
1: right, which is, it is funny now, right? Because there's definitely at least someone who's who who like committed some sort of crime, papal crime against yeah. the Pope and was excommunicated. And they like didn't know what that word meant. And he's like, you are being excommunicated. And they're like, no, no. And then kind of nothing happens. And he's like, wait, I don't know. What what does that mean? And they're like, you can no longer be in the church. And he's like, right, but I go to prison or something, right? And they're like, not really. <laughs> you can kind of do whatever you want. You're right, just yeah. not allowed to go to church anymore. It's
0: like, I can't go to any church? It's like, no, just <laughs> ours. You can go to any other one right. you want. It's like, oh, okay. Right. So other religions will welcome me with open arms, yes.
1: But presumably someday I'm gonna be like, Executor, no, not really.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, well, I mean, this is the thing. If I got excommunicated from the church today, it's not gonna necessarily make a huge amount of difference in my day-to-day life. But around the time Hans Trap was kicking about, we're about to find out how bad this really was. (laughs) Right. When Hans Trapp returned home to France, he discovered that as part of the punishment, all his land, castles and gold had been seized.
1: Okay, well that is, that's more than just being kicked out of the church, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> They've taken your stuff.
0: He'd also been shunned by all of the people in the town. Yeah, that, you know, that'll happen. Everyone turns their back on you. That's how important, you know, and pivotal religion was in this society. Now, banished to the wilderness... Stripped of his fortune, Trapp was reduced to living in a shack in the mountains of Bavaria. But instead of learning the error of his ways, he doubled down on his exploration of the dark arts.
1: Yeah, this is why, you know, we got to believe in, when we're talking about crime and punishment, we have to believe in a reformation, right? we yeah. got to like, you know, sure, punish people, but we got to be also like, hey... We are going to put some effort into making you not do this again, giving you some kind of life, because uh, if we make your life bad enough, you'll do it again. It's almost guaranteed you'll do it again.
0: Yeah. You can't just put criminals in a situation where their only option is to crime again.
1: Right. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. You know, if someone goes to prison for stealing and then once they finally go out of prison, it's like, Here you go, you're free, but you can't have a job. You can't have a house. (laughs) You can't do literally anything. They're like, cool, well, I'm probably going to go back to stealing. (laughs) Yeah, because it's the one thing I can do to get food. (laughs) They're like, (laughs) ironically, that's the one thing we can't stop you from doing. So we'll see you back here in six months.
0: Hans Trapp's raw anger combined with his devil worshipping eventually drove him mad. Although... He did eventually lose the drive for revenge against those who had wronged him. (laughs) Well, that's good. (laughs) Which is great. (laughs) Forgive and forget. All that jazz. Yeah. Unfortunately, he had a new goal, though. Uh, And he was really working towards it.
1: Okay. Hopefully it was like a fitness goal or something. He
0: wanted to eat human flesh. Okay. He was craving it. He wanted to taste it. And he became obsessed with the idea of eating humans. Oh, boy. In order to pull... (laughs) This is insane. In order to pull this off, he started dressing as a scarecrow. (laughs) As a way to hide from his victims. So he would stuff raggedy clothes with hay and straw and stand out in the woods, waiting for travelers to pass by so he could attack them.
1: You know, if I'm planning (laughs) on dressing up as an inanimate object in a place with a lot of footfall... Scarecrow isn't in the top 50 (laughs) objects Because they live in (laughs) fields They live in fields of wheat Far away from humans If you're lucky If you're incredibly lucky A single farmer will pass you by In in, in a week (laughs) Yeah, you can't just be like I don't know, down an alley And be standing
0: there dressed as a scarecrow Everyone's gonna know you're not a real scarecrow Eventually though He succeeded and he found a victim A young shepherd boy was passing through the forest when he spotted a scarecrow by the roadside in front of him. Hmm. Strange place for a scarecrow, the boy thought. (laughs) Yes. There aren't any crops near here worth protecting. And God, it almost looks like it's
1: breathing. You know, it's f***ed up that we're 30 seconds into this cannibalism story and I'm already starting to think like Hans. I'm like, young shepherd boy, (laughs) cha-ching. This guy definitely has no family. Works on his own. (laughs) If he goes missing, people are probably thinking he just walked off a cliff or something. You're kind
0: of expecting him to not come yeah, back.
1: Yeah, not really gonna go looking for him. Probably a wolf got him. Yeah. While it, while it was trying to get some sheep. He's so, a kid
0: too, so just one conk and he's probably done. Yeah. You know? It's a good way a good place to start. Yeah. Because you don't want to start with the with uh you don't want to start with like a hunter. No. You know? A hunter who's like wrestling bears and carrying them back to the village to eat. Way too hard. Yeah, what's the Little boy? Shepherd boy? Boom.
1: One hit. What's the word? <laughs> he, he dodges your first punch, starts hitting you with a stick. <laughs> oh, e, Jesus! Jitty strong! I'm just, ah, trying to nibble. Oh! <laughs> it goes viral on medieval social media. It's like satanic cannibal tries to eat shepherd boy, doesn't realize he's a black belt in jujitsu. <laughs> yeah! But it's just a it's just a mugshot of hands with a f- black eye it's on like streetfights.com <laughs> a world
0: star a world star <laughs> this little shepherd boy beating the shit out of a scarecrow <laughs> was this justified question mark question mark unfortunately that is not how it went down before the shepherd could put two and two together hans trap leapt forward yeah! he killed the shepherd and began dragging the body back to his shack but according to the legends. Before he could even take a single bite out of this kid, he was struck in the head by a bolt
1: of lightning. What? Killing him instantly. Wow. I guess Jesus can see everything. That's what people say. In the story,
0: they claim that this bolt of lightning came down from God as a way to stop Hans from going any Too further.
1: Late. Too late, by the way. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> Was, was God in the middle of like a Netflix binging session he's like mouthful of popcorn glances over to his baby monitor with, with, a, with a live feed of earth he's like oh shit <laughs> yeah God really hit snooze
0: those first couple times he's like he's like what's Hans up to he's drawing a pentagram in the woods he's fine hit snooze <laughs>
1: What's he, he's dressed as a scarecrow he's <laughs> fine snooze he looks over Hans has now got a human in a giant <laughs> cooking pot Oh oh shit <laughs> throws a lightning bolt immediately to kill him Oh
0: God that's too, that is late um, that's on my that's my bad
1: yeah he's, he's, he's just like bad. yeah hopefully that guy was already dead hopefully jeez <laughs> oh man I need to get it together But did Hans trap really die since then every
0: Christmas. Many parents in the French regions of Alsace and Lorraine have warned their kids that Hans Trapp's ghostly spirit returns every season in the form of a scarecrow, where he kidnaps kids and eats the naughty children.
1: Right, you're saying he signed over his soul to the devil or whatever, Yeah, and now he keeps coming back.
0: Exactly. Every Christmas he comes back. And I think it's kind of a bit of a... It's become a bit of folklore and a bit of legend, especially in these more rural areas. A similar way, if you see a comb on the floor in Ireland, don't pick it up because that is from the Banshee and it's a trap. If you're in Bavaria and you see a scarecrow in a very strange place around Christmas time, don't go near it. Especially if you're a bad child.
1: (laughs) Right, yeah. That seems like an interesting kind of twist in the logic of all this that... So you're saying he specifically attacks bad children. Why does he care? He's a cannibal.
0: I think it's kind of, this is where he becomes a little more entwined with the Christmas season and some of the other legends around monsters that eat bad children. Santa not giving presents to bad children. Okay. Uh, Because in other versions of the story, Hans Trap, as I said earlier, spent time accompanying Santa as sort of a right-hand man. As a way for Santa to sort of scare the bad kids straight.
1: So you're saying just that the threat of only getting coal for Christmas wasn't doing it. Santa had to had to <laughs> take matters into his own hands. <laughs> right. Recruited Han's trap. Yeah. Because
0: look, I've met some bad kids before. Yeah. You can take away the iPad. <laughs> It's only going to make them worse.
1: Right. You know? They grow more. They're like, you take away the iPad, they start cackling like an anime villain (laughs) looking at the ground. They're like, I grow more powerful with with every minute without iPad that passes.
0: You got to up the threat. It's not enough to take away the toys. It's not enough to say, go to your room. You have to say, I brought a scarecrow with me. He's alive. Right. And if you keep crying, he's going to take you to a shack and eat you.
1: Yes. And then,
0: Little Billy, oh, all of a sudden, little Billy's going to bed on time. All of a sudden, little Billy's eating his f***ing broccoli. Because <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got a scarecrow chained up in the garage. And if little Billy doesn't listen, the lock comes off. <laughs>
1: God. Good night, Billy. So it's really like parents back in the day, I mean... They were they, every one of them was like the kind of cartel negotiator from the Sicario movies, right? It's like <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> on Christmas Eve, it's like either you're a good boy and the presents come, or you're a bad boy, and, we, and then he like threatens them with like oh you're a bad boy and we have to do something quite different and then he wraps a chain around his son and throws him <laughs> off a cliff and so it's like no I'll be good I'll be right. good he's <laughs> like what's that you'll be good you know picks him back up off the cliff it's like you gotta really scare him
0: now I know this sounds insane Kit but it's not the first time that we've heard stories like this before we mentioned it at the start of this podcast but on last year's Christmas episode we talked about Père Foutard, also known as Father Whipper. Hmm. This was another Christmas legend of a Frenchman. Oh yeah, sure. Also well, ate a they, couple kids. Why are they all French? <laughs> why, why is it all French? It's this, is this
1: just a French thing? There's all these f***ed up Christmas tales? Uh, it is very regional.
0: <laughs> France, Germany, Bavaria, this kind of corner of Europe. It does have a lot of... But this is also where a lot of like the Christmas legends and stories originated from. Right, okay. You know. I get that. I get that. And we just cherry-picked all the nice ones and left Father Whipper <laughs> in the past with all the other cannibals. Now, Father Whipper... Yeah, eight kids. Yeah, of course. Uh, but instead of being killed by a lightning bolt, he was actually visited by Santa, who condemned him to a life of slavery, working alongside him as he visits children across the world.
1: Not cool, Santa. So even Santa? <laughs> even St. Nicholas is enslaving
0: people? <laughs> I guess it's I don't know I'm trying to figure out the logic here maybe Santa's like you're bad to children yes. so your punishment is joining
1: me to be nice to children right it's like community service and he's like no it's I don't it's just the way you to. worded it it's just the way yeah. you worded it you said he enslaved him he did he, for I think eternity. he chained him to the sleigh <laughs>
0: <laughs> like a bulldog.
1: <laughs> Imagine you're a kid and you're all excited to see Santa flying through the air and there's just a bloke, like in Mad Max, chained to the front of it <laughs> with, a, with, with a metal mask over his teeth. <laughs> the kids are like, Rudolph? It's
0: like, don't no, don't touch him, kids. Don't touch the reindeer. <laughs> uh, interestingly enough, the story of Han's trap is actually... Very loosely built around a real life guy. I was worried that was the case. Go on. The actual man, Hans von Trotha, was an actual knight from history (gasps) who did also do some pretty bad stuff, allegedly. (laughs) Okay. But what you ask, we're going to find out, Kit, right after a quick word from today's sponsors.
1: Do I want to know?
0: All right, we are back. And as I said, this is the part of the podcast where we get to reveal that Hans Trapp is
1: actually kind of a real guy. I wish I was a knight. Why? I just think that would be nice, you know, to have a title. Would you
0: you get knighted if you were offered it here in the UK, in England? As an Irishman,
1: Kit? Uh, No, for that reason. But I would think about it. You know what I would do? Go I'd, on.
0: I'd be like, yeah, I'd love to get knighted. Yeah, come on. Yeah, let's, let's get knighted. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, kiss the ring, sir. <laughs> kiss all the jewels and stuff. And then I take one knee. They put the sword on my shoulder and I grab the handle okay. and swing it round, cutting that guy in half like Whoa. snope
1: in Star Wars. That's regicide, brother. I, what is that? That sounds sick. It's when you kill a king. Oh shit! It's a crime. Well, who's gonna arrest me? I'm king now. Probably the Pope, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. So Rory really went like one of those kind of embarrassing self-defense videos, where someone's like, someone points a gun at you, yep. you simply grab the barrel, twist it round, break his wrist, point it back at him. <laughs> yeah, uh, doesn't work at all in the <laughs> real world. But you, but to be fair. King Charles you know he's he's pretty old and he's he's not gonna be on his A game he, yeah. he's gonna be thinking about what he's having for dinner that night he knights probably 12 people a day
0: I'm gonna pretend to get nicked by it when he puts it on his shoulder and I'm gonna be like oh call an ambulance call an ambulance and then go <laughs> but not for me and grab the sword 360 spin like Link Woo! and freaking cut that guy in half like a block of cheese <laughs> as we said Hans von Trotha was a real guy. He was born in 1450, and he served as a knight entrusted with the watch of two castles. Unfortunately, one of those nearby castles contained a bunch of stuff that belonged to the monks in a nearby village, and they wanted it back. Hans refused to return the goods, and even went as far as to build a dam, cutting off the water supply to the monks' village. I don't know why, but I'm already on Hans's side. These monks sound annoying. I don't know, you've taken all of their stuff, they ask for it back, you say no and cut off their water. That's kind of a dick move. When the monks ordered him to remove the dam, Hans said, okay, and tore the whole thing down at once, completely flooding the village. <laughs> God damn it. Eventually, the monks and the abbot went to the Vatican where they complained about hans so this is the part of the story that is true the pope did summon hans von trotha to be questioned about his loyalty to the church but instead of going he wrote the pope a letter questioning his loyalty to the church
1: Uh uh-oh baller move that's not gonna end well is it that is not gonna end well because the the one thing i do know about the pope is he's never wrong. That's <laughs> right. kind of the whole deal. Yeah. Is he can't be wrong.
0: So if he's like, he's like, I don't think you're being faithful to the church. You can't go, I don't think you're being faithful to the church. Yeah. Because he kind of is the church.
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's I- instant jail.
0: Right. In the end, he was excommunicated, <laughs> just like in the legends. So as you can see, there's some parts of the story that are true. Some parts, like him becoming a ghost scarecrow don't necessarily have the evidence to back up the claims. But it's quite interesting because even when you hear the story of Hans, historians don't know how much of him being a bad person is true and how much of it was the rumors being spread about him when he was excommunicated from the church. Yeah. yeah. You know they say, like, you know, uh, what do I say? History is told by the victors. Yeah. It's kind of this. He might have actually not been that bad a guy. But after he was excommunicated, all these, like, I heard he built a dam and flooded a village and starved monks. And it's like, did he really? I don't know. Yeah.
1: I mean, back then as well, you had no newspapers and no uh, internet. So you, like, you might have heard that he was excommunicated and that was why he wasn't there anymore. And maybe then people's minds just ran wild with, why was it? I heard he was eating babies. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I heard he was worshipping the devil.
0: That's why he was excommunicated. Yeah, uh, This is how a lot of these legends get created. Now, let's say Hans Strap the monster, the paranormal creature, does exist. I thought we would spend a little bit of time here on the podcast just giving people some advice and some tips on how to deal with him slash avoid him if you do find yourself in Germany, France,
1: these yeah. regions of Bavaria. Don't be a shepherd boy, apparently.
0: That's rule number one. <laughs> Looking like
1: a whole snack. The good news is, if
0: you're a good kid, or just a normal adult, you don't really have to be worried about Hans Trap. Okay. As we know, he only really shows up at Christmas to steal mean children. So let's just say, hypothetically, you're a naughty kid, like all of the kids that listen to TPLR. What should you be on the lookout for if you want to avoid an encounter with Hans Trap? First, as we know... If you're wandering about in the woods or field and you come across a scarecrow in a suspicious location, it's him.
1: (laughs) <laughs> right. <laughs> this isn't like, you know, maybe take some extra precautions. It's just take out a knife from your sock right. because he's about to strike.
0: It's not like, it's like maybe go slightly left of the scarecrow. It's right. him.
1: Throw a stone. See if it startles up. Yeah. It is him for it sure. Is him.
0: Don't approach. Don't go anywhere
1: near. Because it. how many, especially these days, how often do you see scarecrows really?
0: I haven't, I don't, have you ever seen a scarecrow in your life?
1: Not sure. Probably only a, a kind of... Disneyland style one maybe I went to like a petting zoo yeah and then they had one I feel like probably technology
0: nowadays is at a depressing level where farmers <laughs> are probably like we have ultrasound cannons that burst crows eardrums if they try and touch our potatoes yeah there's like, oh, that a f- yeah just <laughs> yeah. farmers
1: just shooting birds
0: I kind of liked it when we drew a face on a pumpkin and put it in a shirt with hay to make it look like there was a guy out there
1: I mean, I will say I would be disappointed in birds in general if after all this time they hadn't figured out the ruse. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So I I wouldn't be surprised if they just stopped working at some point. Like sometime around like the 50s, birds just worked it out. Right.
0: Yeah, it would be kind of embarrassing if you were a bird trying to get some seeds and you're just watching a scarecrow in a field and your buddy flies up and and your buddy's like, Anything? He's still standing there. Yeah. This is great. This motherfucker hasn't moved in two days. They're like, this is insane. How are we supposed to get any seeds?
1: Yeah. It's like, isn't he hungry? It's like, bro, he's in a field of seeds. <laughs> he's not hungry. He's fine. <laughs> it's us we need to be worried about. <laughs> I don't think he's
0: ever going to move. I don't think he's ever going to move. Now, other people say Hans still appears in his human form which may sound like it should be less scary than the scarecrow form, but the original guy, Hans von Trotha, was six feet seven inches.
1: No, f*** off. No, he wasn't. He said this was
0: 1451. Exactly. He was like twice the height of everyone else. He was a f***ing NBA player in the Middle Ages. No wonder they made him a knight. Yeah. He probably came out of his mother with a helmet on.
1: Even if you had like a dodgy foot you'd still have to be a knight just on stature alone as you said kit the
0: original hands might have been a knight but the one in the children's story is described as being thin with a white beard a dark pointed cap and he carried a rod to hit children with
1: <laughs> all right now that i know he's six seven i'm starting to understand how he got away with it for so long because <laughs> I mean, if someone hit my daughter with a stick, I'd be furious. Yeah. I would be blind with rage. I would try to kill that person with my bare hands. Uh, wouldn't be able to, though, if they were six, seven, right. I wouldn't get very far. They I am a child to them. They would hit, hit me with the
0: stick as well. Looney Tunes style, he could just hold out his hand and you'd be like, I'd be Ibbity, swinging. Ibbity, abbity, yeah.
1: Just, just swinging on in. In. Wow, wow, wow.
0: Yeah, you're not going anywhere near that guy. Now, one interesting thing is, like a lot of these cool, old-school Bavarian Christmas characters, Handstrap is still a big part of local celebrations. Hmm. For example, every December... Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. Well, he's an interesting guy, you know? And it makes it, like, kind of fun. Yeah, interesting in terms of, like, war criminals are,
1: like, interesting <laughs> to read about.
0: Yeah, on, on President's Day, you also don't celebrate, like, the the war criminals of the world. Right. Like the villains. Right, no all presidents. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. yeah. For like, sake. oh, it's President's Day. We're celebrating all the greats. Washington, Abraham Lincoln, mm-hmm. Mussolini, <laughs> Chairman <Ooh>. Mao. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, in the same way that a, a Christmas celebration in the UK or the US would also have the Grinch turn up. And they could be like, oh, here's the naughty Grinch. Here he comes. Don't let him steal. And he's like trying to steal the presents or something. You know, it's like a funny thing. Uh, Hans Trapp makes an appearance during the Christmas parade in Weissenburg. What's extra cool is this village is the actual village that Hans von Trapp flooded with his dam. <laughs> so he's kind of crazy. Back.
1: crazy that they celebrate that then. Crazy.
0: <laughs> uh, I found a website where uh, someone had attended the event a couple of years ago and gave out kind of a detailed bullet point structure of how the parade plays out. Right. So it starts with a collection of monks parading down the street, then fire jugglers, percussionists, performers, encapsulating the spirit of Christmas, then screaming is heard. <laughs> Hans Trapp arrives on horseback like a dark rider. (laughs) Behind him is a cage full of children crying for help. Oh my god, real children? (laughs) They're actors. They get hired
1: to be the kids in the cage. (laughs) Like They're actors, really? Some of them are putting on a hell of a performance. I'll give them that. Those are
0: real tears. (laughs) Yeah, the mayor is talking to the prime minister and he's like, well, you picked an incredible guy to play Hans Trap this year. Prime <laughs> Minister's like, I thought you picked him. Who the f*** is this guy? Ah, he's drinking like chicken blood. <laughs> uh, Hans Trapp then runs into the crowd and starts interrogating children. But then soon, the atmosphere softens with the arrival of Christ Kindle and his lighthearted float. The festival then ends with a beautiful firework display.
1: Oh, that's fine then. Yeah. Cool. All the child murdering and stealing, we'll just forget about that because there was a nice little kind of after dinner mint at the end there with Christ Christkindle.
0: <laughs> Maybe he comes up and like saves the day,
1: you know, right. like, uh, unless he shoots f-ing hands in the head, <laughs> there's no saving that day <laughs> unless he kills him <laughs> once and for all. It's like, and then it ends on a high note where Christ <laughs> Kindle drags hands out the back of the festival and shoots him in both legs. Uh, just when you mentioned the Grinch, I just have to shout out in case no one's seen it. Just like that. Tweet for the absolute ages uh, of the, the person who paid the Grinch 85 pounds to destroy their house. Incredible. If you've never seen it, you got to Google it. You've got to Google it. I
0: guess the implication was there's a service where you can... <laughs> quote unquote pay the Grinch <laughs> to come and like to,
1: visit your kids to, to come to make, to make mischief.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of turn the place upside down. And it's a family showing a video of what happened. And I think they go downstairs and whoever they paid the Grinch is even there. The you Grinch don't even see lent. the Grinch. Yeah, yeah. It's the aftermath. <laughs> so what happened is they just paid someone 85 pounds to
1: destroy their house. He <laughs> just came in and just swept everything off every service, <laughs> smashed every window, smashed the TV. <laughs>
0: it's incredible. It's incredible. Because I don't even know, you know, if you get taken to court for that, they're like, they literally paid me to do it. <laughs> to cause mischief.
1: Uh it's just cuz we we were we were thinking about this cuz we were in town the other day doing some christmas shopping and we saw that um in cool Rain, there's a grinch experience the it's like behind these like wooden doors you know very often they'll be in the town yeah. center at christmas there will be like kids santa experience whatever but there's a grinch experience and so i was like i'm Man, worried that it's behind closed is, doors yeah, what is happening behind those doors
0: you're like ooh i wonder if it's going to be like a little winter wonderland where the Grinch dances around and says funny words. And it's just a guy in a Grinch outfit with a baseball bat. you be like, take off your shoes. You're yeah. like, off. <laughs> you really are naughty, Mr. Grinch. You really are. He's got a butterfly knife. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, listeners to the podcast, that is the story of Hans Trap, the Christmas Scarecrow.
1: Good Lord. I mean, I guess I'll clap that one out, but I yeah. mean... You, you know, Rory, we went into this with the framing. Look, I love Christmas, but we went in with the framing that maybe you were slightly more of a Christmas lover than me, that I was being painted to be some kind of Grinch myself, some kind of Scrooge McDuck of myself. And Now I'm thinking I should be. Now I'm thinking I shouldn't be celebrating Christmas at all because I didn't realize what I was celebrating. I thought that it was all about getting your family together with a nice big two-liter jug of reindeer piss and just go into town but you're telling me that we're by celebrating christmas we're celebrating uh, child eaters person whippers well this is monk drowners (laughs) this is
0: the kind of conclusion we came to as well uh last year when we did a whole episode on the dark side of christmas if you haven't heard it yet go back and listen to it it's a great episode the origins of Christmas are very strange and complicated, you know. Talking about the origin, I mean, it kind of came from uh, Saturnalia, which we talked about. wasn't so much gift giving and uh, family reunions. I think it was like a fourteen day
1: fest. Yeah, you you kept saying that. Where yeah.
0: slaves became masters and everyone just banged and drank wine for fourteen days. It's kind of been watered down now, unfortunately, uh, to the Christmas that we know now. But if you do look back at the origin of this holiday, there's a lot of weird, dark, creepy, stupid, mischievous and bizarre stuff like Hand's Trap.
1: Yeah, it is crazy, isn't it? How um, things get, as you say, watered down over the ages. You know, if we go back into our primal past, um, festivals and celebrations really always took on the characteristics of just one or two things. Yeah. I mean, really, mostly it's food and drink. Yeah, like kind of generally humans. The whole point of our existence was like, look, finding food is tough for most of the time we've been around. So most of the time we uh, eat pretty lean. We're on that clean diet. uh, And then once a year we have a Dwayne the Rock Johnson style cheat day, and that's called Christmas. Yeah, Um, and we kind of just let it all go wild. I mean, apparently, sure, sex parties—that's cool too. But it's all pretty primal. But then somewhere along the way, as kind of culture and society has become more kind of, I don't know, symbolic and uh, and sanitized, it's now become about just symbols. Yeah, just the symbol of you know, like we've replaced the fourteen day fest with lighting a candle. Um, to represent the spirit of the Lord. Uh, It's a travesty. It's a goddamn travesty. Eating a single mince pie instead of gorging yourself with boars and apples uh, until you vomit everywhere. Yeah,
0: we've airbrushed history, folks. Right. You know, we've, we've taken the little cherry bits that everyone wants, you know, all the nice little bits, and we've left all the dirt behind. I want to bring back the dirt. Imagine how many other holidays and celebrations that we have through the year have these dark histories and bizarre origins we don't even know about you know we all know about the easter bunny is there an easter rat (laughs) right we don't know
1: there could be yeah but we just left him behind we left him in the past is there some kind of thanksgiving demon that eats the souls of the vulnerable he doesn't give thanks at all that's his whole thing We just don't know. So, I mean, maybe we'll have to do this more here in this paranormal life. We'll dive into the seedy underbelly of every nice thing. Valentine's Day? You don't want to get me started on that, brother.
0: Yeah, this is what we're here for showing you guys the real dark history of these holidays. (laughs) Merry Christmas, everyone. Try
1: and enjoy it. Honestly, be pretty hard after what you just heard. (laughs) Merry Christmas, everyone. Of course, double no this week. (laughs) Doesn't even need to be said.
0: Hands trap the Christmas scarecrow is definitely not real. You do not need to be afraid. Kids, be as naughty as you want. No one's going to punish you.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if we're talking naughty as in like eating all of your Christmas chocolate a bit early, that's fine. Um, I I think I mentioned earlier, Rory, microwaving cats. I would stop short of that. True. What did you say? Steal shit? God, no. Steal stuff if you want kids.
0: Uh, It's a little loophole. You can actually get anything you want for free.
1: Five finger discount, as they say. Yeah,
0: exactly. So thank you for joining us for this week's episode of This Paranormal Life. A strange one, a bit of a dark one, but you can't argue it wasn't a festive one. It's so true, Rory. I'm getting
1: excited. It is that time of the month. Uh, We have only one more episode that's pre-Christmas next week. Um, That's true. Beyond which uh, I think one is dropping on Boxing Day. Wow. Um, And then we're into probably the new year. So, God, I'll have to have a doozy lined up for the next one before Christmas. But, hey we got to get ourselves ready. We're having a great time. We're sitting here in the studio already wearing Santa hats. We've got the Christmas lights up. Thanks to you, Rory. If you want to see what the studio looks like, head on over to YouTube, type in This Paranormal Life. Check it out. That's a great shout. That's right. You can see the videos and great clips
0: from the show on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of our socials. Check it out. It's the best way to keep in touch with This Paranormal Life. But if you're really enjoying the show...
1: Maybe you've listened to every episode. Maybe you've listened to every episode twice. But you haven't listened to every episode while drinking reindeer piss. It's a completely different experience that I couldn't
0: recommend more. I'm not advocating this. This is not something I think anyone should hear. Here at This
1: Paranormal Life, we advocate returning. Returning to tradition. (laughs) Returning to history. Returning to your ancient and primal instincts to drink that reindeer piss and voyage into the beyond Be your own gift. How about that? Be your own gift this Christmas. Drink your own piss. Live your your soul to the max. Make your own juice
0: (laughs) this Christmas. Uh, Don't do that. Don't do any of that. What I was going to say was Hmm? uh, go on Patreon.com because we have bonus episodes. Right, okay. All these episodes. Yeah, well, that's true. So if
1: you've listened to all the main feed episodes, you've listened to all 350 whatever episodes. Yeah. You haven't listened to all of them because if you haven't been on Patreon, you haven't seen the, I don't know, 80 plus after parties, the 60, 70 plus bonus episodes that are on there. So hundreds more episodes over there. Now, once you're done with those, we need to get you on the reindeer piss and (laughs) we can go back to the catalogue. But, you know, I understand. Yeah, we need to do that first.
0: Uh, This is a great time to join as well because our bonus episode this month is our annual huge Q&A episode where Kit and I kick back open up a 24-pack of Bud Light and just answer rapid-fire questions submitted by the community. So it's everything from our own paranormal stories to our favorite cryptids to what really happened down in Dublin with the Gorilla Man. It gets pretty boozy and it's very festive and fun. So if you want to check it out, patreon.com.
1: Last year, we spent 36 harrowing minutes describing the details of Rory's divorce. Yeah, Uh, it was pretty dark. It was... It was a bonding moment for us in the community, but I don't know if it was fun. We might not try and repeat that, but you know, if you want to hear that, there's a lot more development
0: since then. Let me tell
1: you. (laughs) Okay, please don't ask about that. Anyone,
0: you know how Kit said that? You know, the Christmas feast is kind of like having a big cheat day. I can tell you about another cheat day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, where Susan
0: she cheated quite a bit. That (laughs) that that dinner.
1: All right. Yeah, we did get it. out. I thought we got it out of our system last year. Sorry, sure. There's,
0: There's much more. There's much more that I. This happened like in the years. All right, sense. wish I hadn't brought it up though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can I come to yours for Christmas?
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. We we go to the punch.
0: Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of This Paranormal Life. I hope you're having a great festive season, and of course, we'll be back next Tuesday with another
1: paranormal tale. But not before we do a few shout outs at the of end course. of this episode. Because
0: that's what we love to do at the end of the episode is a couple shout outs. Oh. Be- because on Patreon, that's one of the rewards. You can get a shout out at the end of the podcast, which is obviously what I was alluding to. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. how could you forget? Because <laughs> how could you forget? How could I forget? So, yeah. So here we go. So thank you to Parker Cunningham. You're going to want to invite Parker to your Christmas dinner cuz he makes a stunning ham.
1: Oh. We're
0: talking glazed. We're talking honey. We're talking
1: pig. Yeah, we're you're saying a lot of exciting words. It's still alive. Well, by yeah. the way, it's not this isn't like rotating on a spit yet. He needs to kill it. And get it on the roast. It's It, it can be it's, fresh. It's sque- all right <laughs> <laughs> It is running around the kitchen right now. Parker, get it under control.
0: Parker, come on, man. Thank you also to Cody Nelson. Cody Nelson is cast in spells, son. This guy's, a, this guy's a street wizard. <laughs> okay, what does that mean? He uses a gat. What? Like a... Like a gun, like a hand, he has a handgun.
1: Jesus! That's what it's called. What's magic about that? The way the bullets fly. Oh, right, all right. (laughs) Are you just rapping right now? It does kind of
0: sound like it. Cody Nelson, he's casting spells, son. If you hear the rat-a-tat-tat, you going to hell, son.
1: (laughs) Yeah, okay. You know, I will subscribe on Spotify.
0: Street Wizard is a cool rap name, to be fair. And thank you, lastly, to James Hollingshead. James is the number one at the Christmas games. We're talking charades. We're talking...
1: Can't think of another game. Past the parcel. <laughs> sure.
0: We're talking... What's the one where Monopoly
1: you, or something? What's yeah. the one
0: where you can't, like, say what you're doing? But you have to, like, act it out. Charades? Yeah, that one as well. He's the one... He's really good at the one where it's like... You know, if you're thinking of, like... A movie or something, you like do a gesture to be like two words. Oh, yeah. Like that game, that one as well, whatever that one is. Charades. They all can't be charades. It's I've, na- I've named like game three games. Describing. What's the one where everyone has to guess the word, but you can't say it out loud? You're saying? You're James it. Wicked good at that okay. one.
1: He's nasty at it. And you must be bad. You must be bad at it because you can't stop talking and you can't remember the name of it.
0: <laughs> you can't remember the word charades. <laughs> Uh, he's the guy you want to have on your team so if you see people picking signs at the dinner table pair up with James thank you to James and thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon we couldn't make this show without you as I said before and we will say again now thank you for joining for this week's episode we'll be back next Tuesday with another paranormal
1: tale ho ho ho